The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? Kels Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Hello, Kelso. How was your week? It was short, which is great. That's so true. It I Okay. Mean, like, the holidays are great, and I really enjoy having <laughs> Monday off, right? But when you come back, I can't decide if I think the actual day off is better I mean, obviously, probably a little bit better, but like the short week after is pretty great too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I had I had a what is it? What would we call it? A brain fart? Like everything on today, I was like, or everything that I was supposed to do on Wednesday, I thought was supposed to happen on Tuesday because I thought that I don't know, I was all yeah. messed up. Yeah, like how? Like I can't ever prepare myself enough for the week following being off for that long. Yes. I was a, just a jumbled mess. Precisely. Spaghetti brain. I mean, I'll find a way to deal with it because, you know, days off. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> tomorrow's already Friday. Like, we just got started. I'm down. If you want me to be organized during those types of weeks, then that's on you. I can't help you. Yeah. Like, that's a whole nother issue that we can discuss. But if you like, you know, if we're all in this together, if we can all agree. Yes then I think that going forward, our society would be greater. I agree. That is all. Um, big Vote shout for me out for president. though. <laughs> Egg for president. Hashtag. Um, but for real, big shouts out and a massive, obviously, thank you to anyone who has served or is serving. Um, you know, we do, we do not take that for granted. It's, it's obviously really nice to have a day off, but it's important, obviously. And we do to remember why we have those days off. So um, big props to those that have served our country, but well, those that have died in service of our country would be a Memorial day. So yes, indeed. Yes. Um, indeed hats off hats off. So hats off also in a little bit of a lesser sense, but either way, helmets I'm, off helmets <laughs> off. Cause I am excited that football things are happening, my friend. And I was really enjoying having, my Twitter timeline flooded 
by the same exact tweets from 10 different reporters, as does always happen during practices when they're open to the media. And Honestly, I'm beautiful. here for it. Like, bring it back, baby. I'm ready. I like, I already can't wait. Like, I'm already ready for people to just post same videos over and over again from different angles at training camp. Like, I'm already ready. Like, I need to see Zeke score that touchdown. I need the the four to 21 in slow-mo from 80 different <laughs> angles. Like, I want it overhead. It. I want it from the side. Give it to me. The end zone. Pylon cam. I want it all. Like, fuck me up. I need it. All right, RJ, put the put the E on. It's gonna be a show. <laughs> he knows. Um, yeah, it's fine. He knows. It's it's the standard at this point. Yeah. So yeah. um I feel like there's a couple main takeaways that I took from this this OTAs, and I want to get your thoughts too. And I know Jersey Boys podcast talked a lot about it, so we won't beat it into the ground, but um, you know, trade rumors abundant. And I think Jane Slater was one of the first ones to kind of squash it, but LVE, I, we have five linebackers right now and it's a good thing Sean Lee retired because I don't think he would have had an option, quite frankly. <laughs> um, yeah. I think he's, he knew that was coming. Yeah. Like it's maybe like, not to this extent, but he knew they were going to get some more guys on that team and he had to yeah, ski daddle. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out like what combo are we going to see? And we get LVE out there and apparently it's like, you know, the play of the practice. And he does this amazing, like diving, whatever. And, and he then struggles to get up and everyone's like silent. And I'm like, Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, it's like, that's the last thing a, this man needs, especially in light of the fact that like, we didn't pick up his option. He's in this position where he's basically play, playing for his, his career at the Cowboys. There's these trade rumors. And while it, it, I don't know, I'm not going to say that where there's smoke, there's fire because I don't necessarily, again, like Jane Slater said, there's not much to it, but again, like that must be weird to have your job be scrutinized so much. And then like, he could potentially get hurt again. And, and everyone's like, uh, please get up. And thankfully he did. But that was a moment where I was like, Oh God, please no, please no, please no. I think he's going to be one of the ones that anytime he makes a like hard tackle or, you know, any, anything where he ends up on the ground at all, like we're all going to hold our breaths a little bit collectively. Yeah. yeah. He's, um, the new, he's a new Sean Lee for real. I, yeah. I mean, Sean Lee a couple more seasons under his belt before that happened to him, but yeah. I mean, when you go through an injury like that and it was something that was like consistently flaring up and you, it's just always going to be in the back of your mind. And I think that's kind of why they didn't pick up that option. They just want to see, see what the product on the field is going to be this year. So, sure. I mean, I wouldn't, I wasn't surprised when I was hearing that he was being shopped around or whatever, but I was relieved, um, hearing from good old Jane Slater about, um, her saying like that he's probably sticking around. So I was very happy to hear that. I, I would like to have more options in depth at that position, especially I'm here for that. Yeah. It's clearly been an issue. Yeah. We don't yeah. know who we can trust. So <laughs> we have trust. issues. Okay. Yeah, we have trust issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
I think that's going to be something worth watching and it will definitely yeah, develop absolutely. during training camp. I think you'll see a lot. Um, I, I'm I'm very interested to see how that shakes out. I think you'll see – I was talking to – we had Kavanaugh on um, the star at night and he mentioned how he thought you could see a lot of uh, Micah Parsons out there actually. And I kind of I, – I kind of agree with him. Like I feel like that's a super viable – I mean, it's your first round pick, you know? Like – Well, and if you think about it, I mean, who – yes, Slayton Van Der Esch probably needs – some good reps out there who needs to like work in the scheme more is probably someone who hasn't played in it before. Like is, hasn't been in the NFL. So I'm all here for him getting as many snaps as possible out there. Like, yeah, let's go. And also give me, give me Jabril Cox. Like I need, I really do. Sounds like a Jabrillant idea. Thank you very much drink because anytime Meg makes (laughs) a pun, it's a drinking game. I, I don't care what time you're listening to this podcast, figure it out. Um, Drink your coffee. Yeah. I just really feel like the value that we got in this man, it's – I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see him. I just feel like you're going to see a lot of him as well potentially. And I'm good on that. I'm good with that. And <laughs> I'm thrilled. So – Yeah, I think that I, – I think that all eyes are kind of going to be on, like especially this linebacker core – um, and the way Dan Quinn's going to work this system and implement like what he wants to do. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch and hopefully the payoff is there. Yeah. yeah. I'm hopeful. So, which I haven't been in a while. <laughs> you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> you're saying there's a chance. Um, there's another storyline that isn't exactly new. But I feel like it's coming more to the forefront because it's actually (laughs) the media is allowed to talk about it. Um, (laughs) This was something that last year when they were having training camp and and McCarthy was doing his weird like, no one's going to watch practice, know about anything. (laughs) We're going to take the jersey numbers off. Yeah. I was like, Remember that practice they showed on TV? (laughs) Yeah. Like neither. What? I can't. Yeah. But he, there was a lot of hinting about like how there was going to be some creativity offensively. And when they said that, it was a lot of stuff actually with Pollard. And again, like the guys who were watching practice and guys and gals in the media weren't allowed to talk about it. Quite frankly, they just weren't. And I think you're going to see a lot of him in the wide receiver slot. I think there's going to be some you know, there gets a lot more jet sweep. Like, I just feel like if, if it's an indicator, but again, let me say this, let me preface this by saying (laughs) they were doing it last year in training camp and practice. And everyone was like all hype on it. And they're like, Oh my God, like they're going to, they're going to be creative offensively. Like finally. And how many times do we see that? Well, and I will say, I think that at the beginning of the season, they really tried to like hammer in the Tony Pollard, like he's a, a Swiss army knife or whatever for the offense. <clears throat> and he was struggling. And I, I don't know, like, I think we can kind of put that on COVID part, like not really getting in the mix and like practice and, you know, getting enough time at camp. Um, but like 
towards the end of the season, you could tell that this guy was like really figuring things out. He's like such an offensive mind and like, he's ready to like do whatever you need him to do. And I think that he really started to shine towards the end of the season. And so I think they're like, let's build off of that and let's get weird. And I'm always here for getting me too. Anything that's just original and different. I'm here for Like it's necessary. We need it. And at the end of the day, based on how things went last year, we really have nothing to lose. So more tea pizzle, more tea pizzle on the topic of more, uh, your guy, Renard, Give me more. Renard, Randy, Gregorio. <laughs> Did you call him Renard? Yeah, that's his name now. <laughs> <laughs> that's certainly a, a, a name. The medication's wearing off. The, the Adderall is, we're, we're on the downhill slope, folks, <laughs> this eve. Um, Randy Gregory is in the I'm building, participating, done. and it's, it's happening, y'all. Like we're we're back to one hundred percent, and I couldn't be more thrilled. My child of the corn, yes. <laughs> um, he has. <laughs> it's been a journey, you know, and we've all gone it. And you know, we only say only speak positively of him on this podcast, as we are a Randy Gregory Stan podcast. We are. Um, and we only wish the best for him on this journey. And Mike McCarthy is feeling similarly to us, and I'm here for this. I'm saying things are looking up and he's looking great at practice. He's really getting in his groove and he's going to be a powerhouse. And I'm here for all of this more. Yeah. So everyone knows his story by now. And I think that obviously he dealt with a lot of off the field issues and he worked really hard to get back on the field and get reinstated And I know that the coaching staff and the training staff, you know, when you're out and you're not actually physically playing in the league, no matter if you're still in shape or not, like you can be doing all the prison workouts you want. And I'm not saying literally prison, like literally, but you know what I mean? Like working out that you don't have the same facilities as everyone else. Yes. Like the man didn't go to prison, but you have at home. (laughs) Um, But it's not the same. And so they really worked on easing him back in. And I think that everyone was really pleasantly surprised with the product that he was able to put on the field. And so there's a lot of questions as to why they didn't just, you know, insert him in a lot faster or give him more reps sooner. And I, I think again, per the point of like, you can't just like toss this man to the fire, especially in light of the fact that like at the end of the day, like as an NFL player, he's not fully that experienced. So um, I'm, I'm this OTAs, while I don't put a lot of credibility or, or weight in, in these types of non-contact types of padded practices and all of the, or not no pads and all that jazz. Like I, I don't think you can really assess a team based on this, but right. I do feel like with guys like that or your rookies, these reps are incredibly important. And they didn't get those last year, especially obviously Randy, but they didn't get those last year. And this, this time right now is so massively important for them. And my God, I'm excited. I mean, I, that criticism last year, like of Mike Nolan doing, he always has like a complicated, like, and it's hard to implement, especially when you don't have the time like this. And they didn't last year. Granted, Magdalene's no longer with us, 
but we have a guy like Dan Quinn who has like a history of um, these incredible defenses and the fact that he has time with these guys and especially somebody like Randy Gregory, like it's, that's like, again, it's, I think we, we, I will say this as many times as I need to. I am excited to see how this defense is going to progress. There's a lot of ground to cover, but I feel like I'm already seeing really positive things happen. Yeah. And I think for your point with Dan Quinn, he's, he's been a part of some really solid defenses and, you know, a lot of people are going to point to the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom, but quite frankly, Quinn, his, his, his roots are in D line. So this is like his original bread and butter. And yes. again, if I'm looking to put someone like Randy in the hands of a new defensive coordinator, it feels like Dan Quinn could make a lot of sense. And I also just hear amazing things about Dan Quinn as a person. And, and I'll be honest with you. We had Randy on um, the star at night and I want to talk about Randy Gregory for a minute because I think you guys know we do, we, we do a lot of crossover outside of just talking about what's happening on the field. Obviously that's important. Obviously we're fans of the game, but um, I like to, and I know Meg does to acknowledge who these people are as individuals outside of the game. And I don't want to, to skate over how massive it is that Randy was able to do what he did and get back on the field. And, um, you know, I want to preface this by saying anyone who thinks that it's just a dude who is not disciplined and just wants to get high and kept on getting high and getting caught, then you're probably on the wrong podcast. <laughs> and yeah. I need you to, I need you to check your compassion meter and quite frankly, your understanding and ignorance of issues like mental illness, which, you know, I see a lot of hot takes about guys and, and athletes and players and something recently just happened too about mental illness. And I hate to use this term, but really they, they are ignorant. We go back to the Skip Bayless take with Dak last year and, and just how, how cold and just quite frankly, truly ignorant that the, the take was. And I have to take a step back as someone who deals with things myself and, and has mental illness in my family and say, you know what? I'm, I'm actually happy for you. I'm happy for you because you don't understand. You very obviously don't understand, which means that you don't deal with it or you haven't had to deal with it and you haven't had to carry these afflictions. And that quite frankly is a blessing that a lot of people don't have. And I'm just so damn proud of him for continuing to fight and getting back on the field. Like, even if this man doesn't end up at a pro bowl, even if this man doesn't end up with a super bowl ring, which I hope all the best things for him. I'm just, he, he really should pat himself on the back and more for even being in a uniform again at this level. Oh, absolutely. And like, if, if you'll refer back to, I believe it was like back in November, 2020, when, um, he was interviewed and it was like a national nationally released article. Um, I think it was with USA today. Um, but he spoke on specifics 
about like what he did to control his anxiety and um, like his me- and take care of his mental health so that he <clears throat> wasn't using addiction or drugs or anything as a crutch. Right. And it's, it was really impressive to just read um, from his, like in his words and like the person he worked with his sports psychologist, um, just about like different relaxation techniques and all that stuff. Like, so he's putting so much pressure on himself. He had, lo- he had been suspended from his job. He had a child, mm-hmm. um, not knowing if he was going to be able to work again. And if he had a future in football and it, like everything up in the air and being able to harness that and like sit back and self-reflect, stop um, you know, taking the extracurricular activities, um, that were bad for him and really focus on getting back on the field and being with his teammates. Like, it's really great to see, um, him back there. And as like, as a team, I'm loving seeing them be more outspoken about mental health. Like not only rain, obviously like Dak Prescott is is become a huge advocate, um, for mental health and, um, like taking care of yourself and especially suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's really important. Like, I feel like that locker room is super solid and I feel as though having a leader like Dak Prescott, you can really um, feel open to talk about that. I feel like those guys in the locker room are not going to like, sh- he's not going to shy away from those conversations with his teammates. That's for sure. Yeah. And I don't feel like Randy Gregory would either. And I'm really glad to see him still in Dallas still on that team. Um, and with like, with some positive stuff on the field. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, you know, again, per your point, it feels like we are as a society talking a lot more about these types of issues more openly. And, um, obviously this week, um, I'm going to mess up her name. I, I, I don't want to Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka. Okay, yeah. good. I was going to make sure I wasn't messing it up. Cause I always, I really hate that. Um, and she, she's the tennis player and she's incredible. <laughs> and she, she dropped out of the French open and she cited her anxiety and depression as one of the reasons, one of the main reasons. Um, and you know, there was, it's, it was shocking, first of all, for a lot of people, because this is one of the premier events in her industry and at her level. And she's one of the best at it currently and arguably playing at the top of her game and at one of the pinnacle points, at least of her career. And she drops out of this event and cites, you know, her like self-care. And I think there's two sides of that shock, as you as you can imagine, in people's reaction, there's the side that is like, oh, hell yeah. Like I've like, you know, that's off, awful that you're dealing with it, but I'm proud of you and I'm pumped. And I think that's super badass that you decide to, to you know, protect your peace above anything, above everything and take care of yourself. And then there's the other side that I'm going to talk about who just likes to be assholes and say that she's you know, scared to lose because she doesn't perform well on clay and blah, blah, blah. Like Piers Morgan, he, he wrote some, he wrote, oh, some he's column. Disgusting. he wrote some column and it literally says, uh, what does it say? Hold on. Oh, new column. 
narcissistic Naomi's cynical, like sweet alliteration, you douche. Cynical exploitation <laughs> of mental health to silence the media is right from the Megan and Harry playbook of wanting their press cake and eating it too. Oh, and he can't stop. He can't get Megan's name out of his mouth. Yo, he she cannot straight get up it lives rent free. Like, rent my free. God. <laughs> Let me just say this about Piers Morgan. And while we're at it, Skip Bayless and those types, they can fuck off forever. Truly. <laughs> like, I, it's actually disgusting that they operate at the level in their careers that they do because they are so obviously shells of human beings and so insecure that they have to make a living off of attacking other people. And I just think that's disgusting. I do. I think it's horrible. I completely agree with you. <clears throat> and the thing is like, I recognize that doing media and press is kind of a required part of being an athlete, yeah. um, whether it be tennis or football. But I think the best part about Naomi speaking up and like um, withdrawing from the French Open to make a point about like, I'm taking my mental health seriously. And if you're not going to, then I'm going to remove myself from the situation. It kind of, it's just like, it makes you think about every time people are interviewed after. Um, heartbreaking losses and um just even when they had a hard game and even if you won and you had a hard game like there a lot of these players want to speak to the media and I feel as though she brings up this point of like at what point do we like it yes it's required sure but to what extent yeah what extent do you have to put yourself out there um, and do media as an athlete when it does impede on your mental health? For example, like I'm not saying I know anything about Marshawn Lynch's mental health, but mm -hmm. he didn't want to be speaking to the media all the time. What I like, um, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. Like she couldn't go up there and say that and let that, it wouldn't fly. Yeah. So is there a way to, still like allow media access um, without exploiting the like their mental health and like how they feel after a match that you sent me a clip of her um, uh. speaking and she did win two. Did she win two sets? Is that what she said? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she had won two sets and she but she just felt like she performed poorly and she was so in the dumps like she was like she just said like I'm sad. Yeah. I just feel low and sad and you don't want to talk to people at that time. You want to, you should be taking care of yourself and I get it. You want to talk, you want to hear from players after losses, but there should be some sort of maybe guard action in place. And I'm no genius. I don't know what that could be, but it's that like she is brought up and um, with an outspoken team like ours, maybe it's something that, you know, we can look into at home. Yeah. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, I definitely see both sides where of the, of the conversation of this part of the conversation, where it is a part of your job description to be available for media and, you know, answer questions and X, Y, Z. And, you know, I think that that is definitely acceptable and understandable at the level of 
play that these these people are at, the amount of money they're getting paid to do this, all of the above. I, I totally understand that. But I also think there's a super valid point in how we handle those situations and those interactions. And honestly, how we handle these individuals, these people. I think I, I was reading something and I, I couldn't have put it better myself. These athletes, they're not commodities. <laughs> and yeah. we, we kind of at times treat them like they are. And, and we, we, we've got to stop because I think that this is a very poignant look behind the curtain as to how these people that seem larger than life actually are handling some of this. And it's not, it's not great. And they're human too. And they deal with things. They deal with anxiety. They deal with depression. I was talking to Randy uh, offline and he made a comment and he said, he literally thanked Dave and I, because we mess around on social media. We're goofy. But he was like, I just want to say thanks. And you may not know that I know this, but like, I realize that you've, you've been a real one and you have, you've had my back and, and you haven't been like talking poorly about me and blah, blah, blah. And like, just things like that. I think that we underestimate and the internet has made us so bold. And I myself have had some very mortifying moments that I have been a total asshole on social media. And I put myself in timeout and I'm still like, I still cringe to this day. You weren't even that bad. Yeah, but like, it's just like, it empowers us. I know what you're referring to, but yes. Yeah. Like, like we just say <laughs> things and we say things without consequence because we can. So, yeah. Um, and I think especially um, this, this is a quote that is from the internet. And if someone wants to tell me who said it happily, um, but just in regards to when you're talking about people like Randy Gregory or Dak Prescott or Naomi Osaka, like when you're talking about their mental health and or addiction issues in the past or their families, like they're probably not going to see what you say, but people around you that suffer from that, they're going to see it. Like you're, if your mom, your sister, your yeah. like brother is secretly suffering in silence they're going to see what you say, but that yeah. Prescott's not. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's a really great point that you just mentioned because a lot of people either who are dealing with it or who have a very close loved one or a close person in their life who deals with it, they do silently suffer. They do. And I was one of those for a really long time. And I think that I, I look at the, the courage that it took to make that decision that she made this week and the courage that it's taken for people like Dak, people like Randy to be open about their situation and their dealings. And I admire that because nothing is worth your peace. And I think, especially for people like a Dak who have lost someone, I think that they realize that if, if anything, if any conversation that they can have or anything they can say helps at least even one person, it's worth it. And um, 
I think that's important. I think it's important we talk about it. I think it's important we have a lot more compassion when we speak about these things, a lot more attempts at least to understand. Again, if you're ignorant to the issue, bless you. Like truly, I'm glad that you don't understand and you've never dealt with it. And I hope you never will. And But if you have, you realize how it's not just a black and white issue and it is really complicated and it's not a choice. And it's actually something more along the lines of you were born this way, DNA loaded the gun and circumstances pulled the trigger. And that truly is one of the best ways that I can describe like dealing with people who have mental illness. And, you know, I, I just, I have so much, so much admiration for her, for Randy, for Dak, for stepping up to the plate and having these conversations, protecting their peace and being an advocate to talk about this more and to hopefully invest in tactics that are going to make us healthier as individuals and healthier as a society. Totally. And again, it's like they do have this platform and it's so great that they're using it because even though they, yeah, they're making millions of dollars, whatever, they're speaking out on such an important issue. And then the next day getting turned, like it turns around and Skip Bayless has something stupid to say about it. And um, Pierce Morgan has something stupid to say about it because they can't have feelings because what? They make money? (laughs) Come on. Let me just say this. My family had no dollars at one point and we almost lost our house when I was a little kid. And there's a person in my family who deals with addiction and mental illness. And they dealt with addiction then. And let me tell you that they also dealt with addiction and they continue to deal with addiction now that we do own a house and don't have to live in an apartment and X, Y, Z, and we do have more funds. So it's not a matter of having money or not having money. And even if you have resources, you are going to be at least better off because you'll have opportunities for more resources just for the, from the sake and nature of you having more money, but still like, it's not a fix. It's not a bandaid. It's not a, a one quick solution answer, if you will. Grass ain't always greener. No, but I just obviously feel super passionate about those types of things. I think it's so important we talk about, I mean, I know you and I talk about all the time in our personal lives and our personal relationship on, on here. And I'm grateful for that. And I hope you guys feel like, um, this is a place that you can have those types of conversations. And I hope you, I would encourage you to have those types of conversations. I mean, especially after the year that we had, oh my God, like 2020 was rough and on everyone, God bless Zoloft man, because (laughs) truly, you know, like shout out, it is what it is like, and I'm, I'm not above like saying like that is something that I need in my life and I'm grateful for. So, um, you know, I think, I think I am hopeful that despite some of the negative commentary that I see, we are progressing towards a society that's more accepting and understanding of people being human. Yes. And mental, having mental health issues or what have you does not make you like less of a friend or less of a family member, you can always lean on people around you and they're not going to be a skip Bayless. So 
And if you don't understand, I would encourage you to look up you can resources. DM me. Yeah, and figure some figure some things out and look more into it. And if you don't understand and you want to be a dick about it, you can come catch these hands. The end. Yeah. I would love for you to catch these hands. I would I would love for you to come into my DMs. Oh my god. I don't think anyone listening at this point is trying to catch these hands. But if you see someone that needs to, let me know. I'm just gonna be like, just tag me. Just at me. No, don't do that. I don't need to see it. I do not. I need, I need to protect my peace before yeah, there I, you go. I just would light the world on fire. Yeah. All right, guys. Kelsey um, will be like, stop me before I go in. So I've had DM and text Megan before. I'm like, I'm like, hold me back. Tell me not to. Hold. I'll, I'll have like a tweet written and I'm like, I screenshot it. And, and, and she's like, don't do it. <laughs> Or he's not worth it. Sometimes after a glass of wine, she's like, send it. <laughs> That's when I become the devil on your shoulder. <laughs> it's good that you can serve as both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, guys. Um, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. Very excited that there's football things happening. I hope you guys are too. I hope everyone is just excited and grateful for this upcoming season because it really does feel like the world is starting to turn again. And um, that is a really, really, really good thing. So that being said, I hope you all are subscribed to the Blog and the Boys podcast feed, which you probably are if you're listening to this. And if you're not, you can find the podcast it. wherever you get your podcast, whether it's <laughs> Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher. We're also on the YouTube. So you can hit that subby button on there as well. Follow Meg and I, though, mainly. That's just really important because we have a lot of interesting things to say most of the time. I am on Instagram. <laughs> I don't at know about hey, all that. <laughs> hey, Kelsey Charles. <laughs> and on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. And Megan is? At Meg Murray with four R's on all the platforms. Um, the most important thing outside of protecting your peace and if you need help, get the help you need, use resources, reach out. Um, but there are some really important words that I also want to make sure that we leave you guys with today. Dallas forever, Philly for never. Birds just, they're just not real. Goodbye. Never seen, not a day in my life.